Hey, it's Kelly here. Thanks for joining us. Once you're finished listening, I'd like to invite you to join our free private practice community where you can connect with over 10,000 therapists just like you and get access to over 15 hours of free trainings, including some that qualify for CEs. Visit our website at zinnime.com and click community at the top of the page. We'll see you there. Hey everyone, I'm joined today by Dr. Tucker, who I call Addison. (laughs) Uh, They are a psychologist in private practice and a business school member since when? When did you join? Last year? October. October of last year. year. Of 2021. So thanks for sharing your business school story. I really appreciate you taking the time because I know you are super busy. Um, tell me about what your business was like before doing business school. So interestingly, there was, there were so many transitions happening around that time. I had been working full-time in university, um, in higher education, in a college counseling center setting, and had been there for years in a, in that type of setting. Uh, I'd also had a small, very small part-time practice with, um, I'd say like three to six weekly clients that I'd been Mm -hmm. managing for a few years and made the decision, the very hard decision to let go of the loan forgiveness process um, because I just was not happy and needed some more flexibility in my life. Uh, so I left that job in August last year. Mm-hmm. And as I was starting to build my practice and navigate branding, like I had only created my website maybe early last year or, you know, not, it took me a long time to even feel like I needed one. Right. Um, but I started to look into marketing and thinking about if I was eventually going to potentially go off of insurances and try to create more of uh, an economic justice model for Mm -hmm. serving the communities that I worked with, I needed to get more information about business stuff. I'd always known that I would need that if I was ever going to expand. So I actually, um, before bootcamp was just in the process of launching and thankfully not putting too, too much pressure on myself to fill fast. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, because I wanted to be really intentional about who I was picking up. Mm-hmm. So why did you decide to join business school? So interestingly, I think that whatever y'all do for advertising, you know, Instagram listens to everything we do apparently. And I had come across, someone had shared an episode of uh, Tiffany McLean's The Money Sessions podcast. And mm-hmm. It was an episode that focused on someone who uh, was a person of color who served marginalized communities, especially queer and trans people, and talked about how you could make um, a reasonable life for yourself and have a thriving business and still serve that community. And it, her podcast was transformative. I, you know, I found out about the Tiffany fun with fees calculator and did that. And I was like, oh, like I actually need to change the way I'm doing things. If I want to have a more sustainable life and do this work 
in a bigger way. And then I think the free marketing class, Mm -hmm. September, October in the fall popped up and I was like, oh, free marketing class. Sure. I'll sign up for this. Um, And it was a, it was an up and down week. I remember going into it, having no desire to invest because, you know, if there was financial scarcity, just left a, you know, a paying job outside of Boston to move to Providence. It was a whole thing. And there was no intention at the beginning of the week, but the community of being in those master classes throughout the week and connecting with other folks. And I mean, y'all are good at what you do in terms of really being able to hold um, intentionality in some of the tough questions that folks were asking. A lot of folks, like I think asking places from a place of their own sense of scarcity or anxiety. For me, it was it was more about wanting to make sure that if I was going to invest a significant amount of money that I did not actually have as accessible in these two white women running a business (laughs) that they would, that it would be something that would really be allowing me to continue offering those services in a way that felt intentional. Um, And I think that I felt really held. I felt acknowledged there was, There's always uncertainty when you're going into spaces as a non-binary person with having your pronouns be respected, et cetera. But by the end of the week and lots of back and forth with some people in my life and honestly against my, even my partner who had doubts and concerns about an investment of such a significant amount, Mm -hmm. I trusted my instinct. Mm -hmm. into it, you know, and definitely do not regret it. One. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember getting to know you better through that masterclass too. And I love the way you show up with, I don't know, just your energy. I've always appreciated when you speak, like I, I listen, I don't know. There's just something about, um, what you share and you don't waste words, I guess is what I want to say is like, when you share, you really do come from your heart and experience. And, um, it's so valuable. And I, I felt so grateful to have you in our community and yeah, I totally hear you on the two white women (laughs) to, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a big leap in some ways and there's still more work to be done. You know, um, it's an ongoing thing. So what has been your experience of business school since? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I just, there's something really sticking with me about that feedback of how you experienced me in the space. Um, Mm. I think that's part of what kept me sticking around. Mm. And actually I continue to go to events when I can, because Mm -hmm. I want to be that voice in the room that people can hear when I heard that from other people, there's, um, I've often been in spaces where I haven't felt heard or seen and, Mm. um, where I did get impressions that I was saying too much or Mm. speaking unnecessarily or, and and sometimes that's, that's my brain. I'm neurodivergent. So like part of that's my ADHD. Part of that is I'm an incredibly emotionally sensitive person and very comfortable with my expression of emotions. And sometimes I think people are thrown off guard by that because that's not, Mm. Mm. um, 
so it's been really meaningful, I think, to be in community and feel like I can give feedback and offer suggestions or mm-hmm. um, notice things that don't feel good or words that might be adjusted or make suggestions. And that yes. you and Miranda have always really been able to hear that mm-hmm. and it. And I think that's part of what made me want to move forward. So I will say in terms of my experience, like that's been a big part of it. Um, the community, of course, like being at events is huge for me, even when it's information I've already had, there's something Mm. about like, uh, the accountability sort of body double space. Yes. And I actually think after the first boot camp in October, uh, so they, when it was called boot camp before business school, um, I it, because it was sort of last minute that I had done the marketing class and then jumped right into yeah. the two week period. I didn't have enough time to take the two weeks off, and the financial scarcity was another piece sure. of that. So I only had taken like maybe half days both weeks, and mm-hmm. still worked, and it was a lot. Uh, <laughs> that is a lot. Like okay, in the spring. I am going to more intentionally take time and mm. really make sure that whatever I don't get to now, I'm going to be prepared for that. And my best friend and really close colleague, um, Marussia mm-hmm. also was building their practice. And I gently nudged and encouraged them to join <laughs> um, and we went away. So we went away to uh, Cape Cod together. Yeah. For like four or five nights, I actually took off from clients the whole two weeks from people that I had to see. Mm -hmm. And it made such a big difference. Um, I think that like the prioritization is one piece, but for me in the way my brain works, that chunking of time is the one thing I don't have a lot of access to. And once I get into something, my hyper-focus can kick in. And so it's yeah. really important for me to have chunks of time. So I've actually implemented that on a larger scale. I take time off every, I'd say like every eight to 12 weeks, I take a week off from clients, mm-hmm. whether it is for vacation, personal time or business or both. Mm-hmm. And I let my clients know that. And I'm it allows me to really work on those things that I don't have the same capacity for at other times. I think that's really important because one of the things we get a lot of questions about with business school is, will it work for me? And my answer is that it's not very cookie cutter. The hope is that it, it holds a mirror so that you can see better what you need because of all of our divergences, our different privileges, our different circumstances, all of it, you have to create a business flow that's going to be uniquely yours. And I love how you're like, okay, I learned from that. Now I'm going to do this. Ooh, that really worked for me. How do I apply that in bigger ways across the board in my life, you know? Um, And that's what creates the business that's yours. You know, it has Addison stamp on it, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. like no one's going to do it like you. And it's funny because my partner and I have navigated this in a really interesting way because I, at first, when I was building the business in the fall, even before Zinni me, um, there was a lot of free time Mm -hmm. and I wasn't feeling pressured because I knew that it was going to be a slow build. But then once I started to get to the point of feeling saturated clinically, and I was like, oh, I actually, I knew that I couldn't be somebody who would see 
25 people a week. I yeah. didn't know that I would be somebody who didn't even want to see more than 15. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that, that choice point of like, other things are going to have to come together, right? Other pieces are going to have to shift. And I need to be really intentional about my boundaries because when I start to cross them, it's a slippery slope for me, especially. I can't come back for it, from it easily. Mm-hmm. So that the chunking of time, the prioritizing of like what needs to happen right now, what do I need to come back to? But we've sort of talked, my partner and I have laughed because we said, I work now more. I work more now than Mm -hmm. I did when Mm -hmm. I was working full time in a university, but I'm so much happier. Mm -hmm. And there's something really, and I don't work more in a way that is draining. Mm -hmm. There's something really exciting about that. I do still work too much for what I think my body needs. And that's where I'm still making some adjustments. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel so much more grounded. Um, and six months, like at the second boot camp, the second period of the two weeks, I was in such a different place emotionally, physically, um, financially. So it's, it's really been steady progression. I love seeing your pictures from your uh, little retreat together and having a friend in it, you know, it was so beautiful. Um, made me jealous. I was like, I wish I could be there. Um, what would you say your business looks like now comparatively? Hmm. Well, I will say that I probably am like a different case than a lot of folks who maybe come to boot camp already feeling on that border of like burnout or overwhelmed, having too many people not getting paid very much. I think that uh, Tiffany's podcast came at the exact right time, right? And then coming into Zanimi and being able to look at the the business um, spreadsheet, the mm-hmm. incredibly, I mean, that itself is worth the entire amount of money, by the way. <laughs> yeah. There's something about like, and I, I actually haven't done as much editing to it as I could, um, Mm-hmm. But being able to look at those numbers and spread everything out and be like, oh, like, here's what I need to charge. But like, this is such a nuanced level of detail. It was transformative mm. in what I, knowing what I needed to do for myself financially. So as I was building, I wasn't putting pressure on myself to take on any client that came my way. I was having really intentional conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the process of terminating from insurance contracts mm-hmm. and was able to, I'm almost, almost there. I think next year at this time will feel very different. I have one more insurance company that, um, I, there is a very weird, uh, clause that keeps you on for like an extra year and a half. It was <laughs> wild. wild, but, um, that's actually the, the biggest piece that's been holding me back from a full economic justice model where Mm -hmm. the folks at the top um, are sort of almost acting as like sponsors in a way where Mm -hmm. they're supporting my standard rate. And then I'm able to offer sliding rates and pro bono Mm -hmm. services. Um, I offer trans uh, and non-binary surgery referral assessments for free to Mm -hmm. anyone whose insurance I don't take. Mm -hmm. I am able to offer sliding tiered model rates to everyone who comes to my workshops, my trainings, my consultation. Um, 
the only space where I'm not able to offer that in the way that I'd like yet is my individual work. Right. So it's really incredible to see that I have a full caseload. I would say that 95% of my clients are my ideal clients Mm -hmm. and are doing incredible work. There's Mm -hmm. something about like, I don't remember where I heard this. Um, I think they were talking about this in a, in a mighty networks discussion about how you, people pay attention to what they pay for. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you're paying, even if it's something that might be lower than someone else, if it's something that feels like an investment for you, Mm -hmm. you're really investing in it. If it feels like a good fit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm seeing like, I'd say like 12 to 14 people a week Mm -hmm. individually and mostly trans and non-binary adults, which is exactly the Mm -hmm. kind of work I want to do around like shame and self-compassion and liberation and identity. Um, and then I do lots of provider consultation. I'm running some advanced consult groups for trans uh, competent providers. Mm-hmm. And I run, um, I'm co-facilitating a shame and self-compassion workshop right now for trans and non-binary adults that is going really, really well. It's such a lovely space. And um, I'm actually in the process of building and gradually getting ready to launch a community for um, trans affirming folks to really come together in those communities with self-compassion and liberation. So it's all the things that I love and it feels overwhelming at times in terms of the excitement of it and the, all the little things, Yeah, but I delegate more. I've hired people to help me more. I feel more grounded. I have more time for the things that feel good for me and, and for my body. What I really appreciate you sharing is kind of your model, because I think sometimes people look at sending me and say, oh, it's all cash pay and it's all high fee. And it's, well, no, it's, let's figure out what the fee is, what, what you really need to make the reality of it. And then you get to decide like, kind of that sponsorship. I love that kind of terminology, but we've always kind of talked about like supplementing, you know, of like your full fee can supplement for, you know, there's lots of ways to go about it. And I love how you've just been intentional about creating it and aligning it with your values. And it's, I, I do remember like when you first started business school and some of the money stuff, you know, and how the way you talk about it now is so different my experience of you, your energy is just much more like, this is what it is. And it's the, it's not all happening right now either. Right. Because of this insurance thing, and that's going to evolve and being okay with the growth of it too. You know, that things come in their own time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I always sort of cringe and laugh at the same time when I think about how I was that clinician who hardcore judged the people who didn't take insurance because I could not imagine a life where I could serve. I mean, trans and non-binary folks, you know, not, and again, I like how we talk about not wanting to assume that people can't pay our rate just because they have a certain identity, but in terms of access resources, health insurance coverage, mistreatment in the medical community, right? Like trans folks definitely experience that. And I was like, how in the world could I build a practice where I can serve this community without taking insurance? And 
I didn't like working with insurance. I still don't. I find it to be um, part of just some bigger problematic and very racist and colonized capitalist systems, right? That reinforce a lot of the problems that create these issues in the first place. But now I feel like I can, when someone loses their insurance, I can see them for free for a period of time. Yeah. When someone uh, goes through a hard patch, right? I can support them. When someone wants to do my group, but can't afford the rate, I have folks who have helped to pay the full rate or the sponsorship rate, right? Mm -hmm. And I can offer group spots for free or pay what you can. So that to me is in a lot of ways feels even better Mm -hmm. than trying to work within this very restricted and oppressive managed healthcare system. This feels like community, the way we're meant to be. I don't know. It feels more organic (laughs) and actually just more human (laughs) in a lot of ways. And the people who are paying those sponsorship rates, like those, those standard mm-hmm. rates, they, I have had so many people say, mm-hmm. I am so grateful that I am able to mm-hmm. do this yes. because it is really, I love this model. This feels like it really calls me. And I didn't create this model. Like I borrowed it from other folks doing marginalized work who have been creating those models for a long time. And I think it can feel really scary. The, the scarcity piece, Mm -hmm. right. Of like letting go of the certainty of something Mm -hmm. to take a risk and Mm -hmm. expand. Right. And again, this kind of comes back to everyone has different levels of risk tolerance and that's how you use your privilege to be able to tolerate a different risk than someone else can. And um, yeah. So what would you say has changed about life now with business school? Not just, I mean, we can talk about the practice. Obviously a lot has changed there, but what has changed about your life? Hmm. You know, it's interesting again, like my life was so different mm-hmm. um, pre-pandemic, pre Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about um how I'm just turning my sound off. Um I feel like my life has been constantly in transition until the last year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to the fall, like there's a, okay. So I mentioned that I sprained my ankle last night. Um, mm-hmm. right. And there was something, um, I, I, I have this thought of my mind about the ways that, um, trauma work sometimes presents itself, right. That like trauma can cycle back around and there can be a lot of fear of, well, what happens if I, this comes up again, Mm-hmm. How the world will I adjust and people can feel really thrown off by their symptoms or it can take a long time to feel like you can like recover. It can feel really inconvenient to get triggered. Mm-hmm. So when I sprained my ankle last night, I would never have been able to predict that my response uh, would have been anything other than resentment or panic or what in the world am I going to do? But there was something I was like, I was able to say to, to my partner, Jaden, I was like, okay, here's what I need. Um, go get me this, 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 and this. I need to make a plan for tomorrow. We're going to take the dog to daycare. And I was like, this is fine. I work from home now. I have flexibility. 
Like I need to, I can get through something like this. It felt very different in my, um, I guess my distress tolerance is higher Mm -hmm. because there's a different kind of security there. Mm. And because I'm, I'm much happier generally. So though I am stressed, though I have had tough times, like I, and, and even have gone through like my typical, like depressive periods or experiences that have felt really challenging, like with my physical health, there's something about, um, yeah, I've I've recovered from the burnout that was happening at the job. I I think that's actually what it is. So for anyone who's contemplating joining business school and they're just not sure, what would you say to them? I'll speak from my hesitation that if it's about the money, mm-hmm. um, don't, don't let that be the reason mm-hmm. um, to not join. I, that, that actually was the main reason I did not seriously consider it. And Mm -hmm. had I not connected with community and felt heard and seen throughout the week, if I'd only made it to one of the marketing master classes, maybe I wouldn't have joined. There's something about that, that lifelong connection. Some of the, the people I have been in community with and continue to connect with that, um, there's so much value. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only, I mean, not only do I absolutely value so, so, so very much what Zinimi offers, um, I value myself more now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that in raising my rates and Uh, being able to create the kind of practice that I wanted for myself, I'm worth that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not about being like, like everyone is worthy no matter what you charge, but there's something about um, knowing that you deserve to have balance and live a life that feels sustainable because it does really allow you to give back in different ways. Um, So that I think... There's something about having the support of the practice, knowing that I can fall back on the modules at any time. Mm-hmm. And of course that I would never, ever get through them all anyway. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But there's something about um, just, just feeling seen. Right. And, and seeing that it does really work when you can set aside that intentional time to build some of the things that you want to work on. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And I feel so grateful to know you and to be a part of your journey and just to, yeah, I feel very fortunate and thank you for choosing to be with us. So Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starting a Counseling Practice podcast. We hope you are feeling empowered and have gained new knowledge about yourself and your business. We would love to continue supporting you in our free community for therapists. Just visit classroom.zinimi.com to join the fun.